Proverbs chapter 22, verse 29 says, Do you see a man skillful in his work? He will stand before kings. He will not stand before obscure men. Fellow Marketplace Christians, stop apologizing and start winning. Welcome to The Success Edge, the show that helps you take your walk as a Marketplace Christian to the next level. Here's your host, Christian entrepreneur, Tyler McCart. What's going on, Kingdom Success listeners? Tyler McCart coming at you, episode 270. Uh, 270. Excited to be able to share this with you guys. And man, uh, life is good uh, and it is always getting better and better. Every day, in every way, I am getting better and better. And I praise God for that. And I appreciate uh, the Holy Spirit leading me and guiding me into all truth uh, that I might know the hope of His calling. So I wanted to talk to you guys briefly here on this Friday about Caleb. And Caleb is probably one of my all-time favorite characters of the Bible. I mean, he's not like a character, a fictional character. I mean, he's a real person that actually did live. So when I say character, I mean uh, someone that actually uh, <clears throat> that is part of the Bible story. Uh, that's out there. And, you know, I've been reading through the entire uh, Word of God uh, this past year in chronological order, and it has been very, very eye-opening to me. And when I came to this story of Caleb, I want you guys to hear me on this, that what I read with Caleb and then what I read in a devotional really did supercharge my faith. Really did supercharge my faith and gave me a much better perspective on my faith. So I guess, let me let me backtrack a little bit. You know, when I started to learn about faith, you know, I've read, guys, I mean, I've probably read, you know, 20 30 books on faith. I've listened to the countless number of audios on faith. And, you know, I've done, I, I, I know what you're supposed to do in certain situations where that, you know, like, let's say you get a bad report from the doctor or you get, <clears throat> um, you have a need of something, say, financially, or, you know, your marriage is not going exactly what you wanted to do. Um, you know, you have a child that is, you know, not exactly acting, uh, um, you know, according to the way that you raised them. All these different things right here. I, I know how to exercise my faith. I know how to speak what I want. I know how to go to the word and find scripture in the word that backs up what God has promised me in his word about, you know, the say the specific situation that I have, I would sit there. I know that I need to meditate on those word on that word that I might go and look for and find. Um, I know that I don't need to speak anything contrary to the word of God, uh, as I'm going through the situation. And, and I know that I, I need to speak favor over the situation and believe God, um, uh, has, has my back and that the favor you know, the Lord, it rests upon me and it acts as a shield upon me. But 
something that really struck me with this life of Caleb that I had never seen before and it never really kind of opened up my eyes until I read this passage, read this devotion from actually Joseph Prince's book, Give Me This Mountain. And, it, and it's in the form of a devotion, and I would highly recommend it to you guys. And it's actually, uh, it actually breaks it into 28 different chapters, but he has it set in the sense of by base camps, you know, how you would have, say, a base camp when you're ascending a mountain, you don't just sit there and ascend it all at once. You go to a base camp, you regroup, you refuel, you re, re, refocus, you rest a little bit, then you go again. And he's got those, you know, devotion kind of set up this way, and it, and it really is powerful. And when I got to this one chapter, it's actually uh, chapter 7 of, hang on, I'll tell you exactly where it's at. Uh, chapter 7, and we're in Base Camp 3, and the title of it is Caleb's Ultimate Secret. So, this will really kind of just dovetail into a lot of stuff. So, here we go. This is why this is giving me a, a very unique perspective on my faith. And really has, what I said earlier, has been able to supercharge my faith. So I want you to remember that. You know, I, I know all the things to do with faith. I, I, I get that. And you need to know those things to do with faith and how to operate in faith and what it means to do that. But you've got to have fuel for your faith. You've got to have something that is actually the... Uh, the fuel that's going to propel that engine or be able to use that you know, tool called faith in your life because you cannot operate in life without faith. I don't know how many times I've ever heard that, but I've heard that, I mean, you can't even please God. But what is it behind your faith? What is it that, because sometimes you can almost get so um, lax or your faith might start to wane or you're, you're running out of you know, what you need to, to keep your faith fueled. What, it, what is it? Well, here we go. So here we got Caleb. As you, as you know, the, the story behind Caleb, if you have never heard me talk about the story or if you don't know the story intimately, Caleb was one of the, one of the 12 spies that were sent into the land to scout out the land for the Israelites as they were go, getting ready to go into the promised land. And Caleb was one of well, actually, one of um, two of the, it was Joshua and Caleb, but he was one of two that actually gave a good report to saying that we needed to go now to possess the land. God has given us this land. He's already said it. Let's go attack right now. And as you guys know, the story goes that the 10 other spies gave an evil report, basically citing that. Yep, it's a great land, but there's giants in the land, and they are huge, and we are like grasshoppers in their eyes. Um, we're no, excuse me, we are we are grasshoppers. Uh, we are only grasshoppers in our own eyes compared to them. I mean, I can't remember exactly what it is, but it just go to read Numbers chapter thirteen. Okay. <laughs> so here I am. I, I'm I'm lo I'm looking at Caleb, and then you flash forward 
to Caleb, uh, and God promises Caleb in the midst of all that, that he is going to be one of the, him and Joshua are the only two that will actually go into the promised land that actually are from the original generation that came out of Egypt. Everybody that was younger than uh, 20 years old uh, were not uh, accounted for as far as, you know, being, you know, cited as having unbelief. But everybody that was over 20 years old were said, said to have not believed only Joshua and Caleb. So here, this is a pretty special person here. So Caleb, once they go into the land, now this is 40 years later, once they go into the land, Caleb is in the land and kicking butt and taking names, doing what Joshua, the leader, uh, says to do. So they're doing what they need to do. And by year five, by year five, I want you to note that, by year five of them being in the land, Josh, Caleb comes to Joshua and says, hey, I want that mountain. Give me that mountain right there. And so you've got to put this in perspective. Caleb waited on his promise or waited on his, his whole entire uh, goal or vision that he had for 45 years. Now, I know some of you guys might sit there and go, good Lord, 45 years. There's no way in the world. I, I don't know if I could do that. Well, Caleb did. And guess what? You can too. Now, what was Caleb's ultimate secret? What was it? If we could sit down and have a no holes bar interview with Caleb himself, what was his secret? And you can find it actually in Joshua 14, 7 through 8 in the New Living Translation. And here again, this is, gives you an idea. I was 40 years old when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent, us in, uh, sent me from Kadesh Barnea to explore the land of Canaan. I returned and gave an, an honest report. I mean, that's, that right there is a... Mm. But my brothers who went with me frightened the people from entering the promised land for my part, I wholeheartedly followed the Lord my God. Simply put, here we go, guys. Simply put, I mean, I hope you guys get this, what Caleb's secret was. It was very simple. Don't overlook this. His faith was simple, simply a result of him following the Lord. Guys, if you are following the Lord, then your faith can be supercharged. It can totally be supercharged. You don't have to sit there and have to, you know, muster up your, oh, I'm going to have faith and I'm going to believe. No. So instead of you trying to muster up your faith, here, here again what Caleb's secret was. I mean, you know, if you get down to it, literally, he just honestly said, you know, hey, honestly, guys, I'm just a guy who follows the Lord. Now, what, what was different about it? Because it doesn't say in the word that Caleb had faith. It doesn't say that actually in the original uh, Hebrew text that Caleb had faith. But it does say this, which it says this right here, that he says he wholly, wholeheartedly, 
followed the Lord. And I want you to also notice what he does, he does say in there. He says, he, fo- he wholeheartedly followed the Lord, my God, my God, that it was personal, that his relationship with the Lord was personal. It wasn't based upon his mama and daddy's you know, uh, relationship with the Lord. It wasn't based upon his pastor, his church. It wasn't based upon, you know, his wife's relationship. No, 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 no. It was based solely on his personal relationship with his heavenly father, that he had a close personal relationship with the Lord that defined his relationship that ignited his faith. Because that, that three times, three times, it's, it says that that he wholeheartedly followed the Lord, my God. It says that in Joshua 14, 8. It also says that, that Moses said it and, and affirmed it in Joshua 14, 9. And that he even says in, that Caleb had a different uh, spirit, that God, God testified on Caleb's behalf, saying that he had a different spirit and that spirit was actually a whole that what that translation is different spirit is that he followed him. That's in Numbers 14, 27 in the Message Bible. If Caleb had unstoppable faith, was the outcome of simple simply following the Lord? How do we do that? I mean, what what is it that we have to do as born again believers in order for us to be able to go into our land? You know, if God says, hey, I want you to take this mountain right here, or I, I, you've got this mountain in front of you called debt, or you've got this mountain in front of you called sickness, what do we do? What do we do? Well, I'm going to give you a simple clue in the New Testament that parallels with Caleb. And that is this right here, guys. Jesus loves you. If you can get a revelation of this, the John, the John, the the one that wrote the book of John, I just watched this on the chosen here recently. It says, and we know this because John's affection refers to these words, the disciple in whom Jesus loved. John says that says those exact words five different times in his own epistle that he wrote. I want you to hear that, that Jesus loved John, the disciple whom John loved. I mean, the disciple whom Jesus loved five different times. So what's what's the key? And I've got to wrap this up. John and Caleb, being the special people that they were, they had the secret the deepest parts that the lord loved them it wasn't and i and i i I wish i had more time to explain this it wasn't their love for the lord hear me okay because that that love for the lord is imperfect we we can never be perfect in our love for the lord but we know that god loves us and i and i just have to read this last little bit right here this one last scripture that would help you guys out You've seen this. This is why this is so important. Because Jesus loves me. Jesus 
loves me. Guys, if you just meditated on that, just said those words that Jesus loves me, I mean, that's why the song is not just a children's song. It is a song for us that Jesus loves me, this I know. Guess what, guys? That's the fuel that's going to ignite your faith. Because here's, here's, here's what it says right here in, in uh, Romans 8, verse 32. Okay, no, no, no. Hang on. Yeah, is it 32? This is God's love for us. That he did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all. How will he not also, along with him, graciously give us all things? Let me read that actually in the Passion Translation. How then who dared to accuse those whom God has chosen in love to be with him, God himself, wait a minute, hang on. That's 33. <laughs> Let me read this, okay? This is 38, 32. For God has proven his love by giving us his greatest treasure, the gift of his son. And since godly, God freely offered him up for, for, up for as the sacrifice of all, he certainly won't withhold from us anything else he has to give. Gang, I wish I had more time to talk about this. I'm just getting a huge revelation of this, that God, Jesus loves you so much. This can, this can fuel your faith. You don't have to sit there and believe, you know, will this work out or will that work out? Once, once you make your confession of faith, then it's just a matter of saying, man, Jesus loves me. He's given me everything I need to make this happen. I, I just know Jesus loves me. Jesus loves me. <laughs> I mean, it is that simple. Gang, know that you're blessed. You're highly favored. You're empowered to prosper. You walk in divine help. The spirit of breakthroughs upon you guys, and we'll catch you on the other side.